Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Hello, I am Whitney Sewell, host of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Today we have James Kendasami on the show. Thanks for being on the show, James. Thank you for having me, Whitney. James is the owner of Achievement Investment Group and an award-winning multifamily syndicator. He started with single-family homes, and now his portfolio size totals nearly 1,000 units in Central Texas, valued over $65 million. His company acquires, rehabs, and manages all the properties they own. I've heard him on numerous shows, and I just knew he'd be a perfect guest. And for many of our listeners have, uh, you know, maybe single family or small multifamily, and they're looking to get in the syndication business. And and so, uh, James, why don't you give us a little background and how you got in the business, and and we may uh, just dig a little deeper there because that's that's where so many of our listeners are going to be. Cool, cool. Well, I started in a single family home. Uh, I mean, before that, I, I'm work, I was working, right, until like six months ago where I resigned from my job after 22 years of corporate world. Um, started with a single family uh, while I was working. So I had like, uh, we started somewhere in 2013 and we had like 11 single family houses, which we bought. Uh, we bought like five in the first year and then another six, another six or seven in the second year. So within two years, we almost have like 11 or 13, I can't remember, I think 13 houses and two of it was flipped. So 11 rental homes, we build up our equity, you know, to 400,000 with that single family home. Um, I mean, that's that's a strategy that you can build equity very quickly in single family homes, which is be a foundation for your multifamily if you want to go multifamily, right? So started in single family, it was doing great. Single family, we had like more than 50% cash and cash, you know, a lot of equity capture. But the problem is once you hit 10 and above, you run into this, uh, hey, what do I do next? It becomes a hassle to manage all the single family, especially we were managing it directly. And uh, from there, we started looking at multifamily and we started buying our 45 units multifamily. Um, by taking some of the equity uh, from single family, we did a refi. I think we put all that loan. We refi all our single family a few times. And, and then finally, after I reached 10, on my 11 houses, I start putting a portfolio loan on a, on a, on a small bank and start refining that as well. Um, so once I do that, we're able to go to multifamily and bought our first multifamily. Tell me about the process of like, obviously you're working full-time like like so many getting into the business myself you're working full-time you're trying to break uh-huh. into that doing it full-time that's your goal initially um, uh-huh. but what did that look like for you how did you you know how, how did you have the time in the day to make all this happen you're still working full-time give us like a daily routine or maybe something that helped you uh, to to get all, all that all that done well daily routine is fundamentally waking up at 4 30 in the morning <laughs> and <laughs> then uh doing my uh, visualization, you know, all my daily routines, all my daily early morning routines. And after that, start working on the business. And, you know, eight, nine o'clock, I start going to work. And uh, you can make phone calls and all that during work, but it's going to be very, very limited, right? Maybe during break time or some date spot time while walking, you can make a quick phone call. Um, and at night too, right? So, but my wife told me a lot. Uh, she runs the show after I acquire properties and she runs the rehab and all that. But still a lot of my my time is also involved when I was doing single family. So 
um yeah i mean that was how my daily routine are you know you wake up 4:30 do all your stuff start doing your business i mean i figured out that you have to uh, you know uh, outwork everybody else to mm. come up in life and we had that desire and i know persistence and hard work is going to get you there do what it takes to make it happen right yeah exactly got to be up before everyone else and so was your was your wife managing those things uh, the after the acquisition you know even when you were doing single family yeah yeah she she manages all the property management of the single family at that time and even even now on multifamily as well so so it's good that you have a partner who can manage the day to day operations um but if you, if you look at single family your day to day operation is not very intensive right because you get a much better tenant base right you probably will get a you know people you know your rents are like 1000 uh almost 1000 per month right uh, so you get a much better tenant base so once you give a good house to them they are pretty much on their own there will be you know uh toilets and <laughs> termites issues here and there but we have slowly built our contractor base you know to have a good contractor base that's the big that's another key thing you know make sure that you start building good contacts of contractors because contractors are the one that's going to be you know making your life uh, either heaven or hell right so <laughs> uh, so we start building that bill i mean we did lose money by you know firing some contractors but not not say lose money in the overall terms but we wasted some money right? but that's okay right now a lot of that contractors has been with us and has been doing very well they're very reliable they do not want to leave us because we are good paymasters and we like them because they are very reliable even though they might be a bit more expensive why why go to multifamily and not just stay in the single family um well one is a multifamily is a different play itself right single family your play is always on the arv after repair value and that's it you can't go above that right so you can as I, as i've talked to a few of my friends you can build a palace in the middle of a, a neighborhood and your palace is going to be just of the comms of the houses surrounding it um so the force appreciation play in multifamily it's very very powerful so because you can put your own your sweat equity your own skills uh to get all that um force appreciation in multifamily and you can you can change your value you can build up multiple multiple millions of dollars within 12 months right in in multifamily whereas in single family you know you're going to work hard and you'll probably get 40 50000 per per house and you are directly involved right so that's the second part in single family you're directly involved whereas multifamily you have staff working for you right so your time is going to be much more leverage the listeners are going to be familiar with forced appreciation most likely but just in case they're not could you give us a couple examples of that Well, force appreciation is like a okay. Single family is only one dimension increase, right? So right. you buy at a low value, distressed property, you rehab it, and then you and then you sell it, right? Or you rent it once uh, you you have all the repairs done. So that's the ARV after repair value. So it's a one dimensional thing. Whereas in multifamily, it's multiple dimension. First is you can increase the income of the property. right by rehabbing so that's one thing um well even rehab itself is one dimension right it's like similar to a single family you just rehab it you increase the value now the value is different just because you rehab it second is you are working on increasing your rents so you're going to do a market comp of surrounding rents and you're going to increase it by rehabbing it or even without rehabbing it you can increase rent 
So there's two dimension even within the income itself. The third dimension is redu reduction of expenses. So you can reduce your expenses and get value increase, right? So um, the fourth dimension would, could be if you get a really good financing, right? If you get a really good financing, whereas if you look at single family, it's all straightforward. Fannie Mae, 30-year amortization or hard money loan. It's very standard, right? But but in multifamily, you can play around with interest only. You can play around with the rehab money being funded and non-funded. So, so that's the fourth dimension in multifamily, right? So, um, and the fifth dimension in multifamily would be um, property management, right? Which is, uh, for me, is the most important once it's stabilized, right? So how you manage your staff, how you manage your business, how you manage your operation. The more efficient you are managing your operation, you can get that value, right? So if you look at the dimensions in multifamily to increase a property value, it's like, what did I say? Like five or six right now? Whereas in single family, it's all straightforward, right? So that also gives a high barrier of entry to multifamily, right? Uh, because now, well, I mean, on a, on a high tight market, like right now, you can, you don't have to do much and you can still increase the value. But if you scale it between, you know, good economy and bad economy, there's a lot of things that an operator or a person who's aspiring to increase its wealth can do to increase a value of multifamily. Whereas uh, in single family is only one way street, right? So <laughs> it's an ARV, right. buy it and after repair value and that's it, you sell it, right? So um, yeah, so, so I, I'm not sure how many I listed, probably five to six dimensions right now. Yeah, that's great. No, that, that's some great content right there. And yeah. uh, so why why syndication and, and why not, uh, you know, growing uh, in a different way, growing your business in a different way? Uh, why multifamily syndication? Syndication will able to leverage your time and you're able to grow very quickly, right? That's, I mean, so for me, syndication is a marriage between people who has money with the people who have skills, right? So, you know, you can have money and you have a skill and you're still going to grow slow because you're going to buy like maybe like four unit and then eight unit. I mean, people like me, I started with 50,000, right? So if you have like $1 million, probably you can buy one big property in the beginning, but you know, the amount of people that has that much money before they start in real estate is low. So you can leverage your skill uh, to go very fast because there are a lot of people who has money, but don't have the time or don't have the skill or just do not want to do it, deal with contractors and all that. They have other uh, expertise in life, right? So if you are a person who are very expert in property management or project management, turning around, if you're very good in in identifying data patterns in uh, profit and loss. And if you're able to, if, if you're a really good operator, right? So you can use your skills and people can tap along on your skills. So so for me, syndication is like a beneficial. It's a win-win situation between the investors who doesn't have time, doesn't have skills, don't want to deal with all this. At the same time, a guy who has a lot of skills, he can go very quickly because now there's a, somebody who's, you know, there's a win behind your back to help you grow very quickly. So it's a win-win situation when, when returns are being delivered to investors and investors are having this guy who's really, really skilled, they're going to be really, really happy, right? So that's the end of the day, the fundamentals of syndication. It's a, it's a marriage of uh, two skills or two uh, aspirations in life or two talents in life, I would say. I like that description a lot. And I think that's very fitting. Yeah. Can you Could you tell us about a, the most recent deal that you've done and maybe give us just a few details about that deal? Uh, the recent deals that I did, uh, which was close, uh, 
probably four months ago, four or five months ago, is is a 460 units deal. Uh, it consists of two different property. One is 150, the other one is uh, more of uh, 309. So it's total 460 units. So it's almost a nice. uh, 30, 35 million dollar uh, total asset, and we raised like eight and a half million dollars. And um, so in that deal, we uh, we are looking at you know average IRR of overall investment almost 20 percent. Um, which is not, you know, you don't able, you're not able to find that kind of IRR nowadays, right? Right. So, um, cash and cash, you know, after stabilization is like uh, to passive investors, almost like 8%, uh, which is an outstanding nowadays, right? Um, and average returns probably 30, 40% per year once we sell in five years, right? But, but keep in mind, all these are numbers, all are spreadsheet, right? So you can do whatever you want on spreadsheet, but this is what we are projecting on Performa. And right. we've been doing pretty well with it after we take over. I mean, um, what was the uh, class of the property when you purchased it? This is class B. Okay. I would say class B mismanaged. Uh, we, I mean, one of it is more of a operation play. We can increase value just by improving uh, management and rehabbing to the end. That's the 150. The 309 is going to be a, a value add. We're going to spend like one and a half million dollars to rehab it. So we're going to rehab all the interiors and the exteriors and we're going to bump up the rent almost 70 to $100 per unit. Nice, nice. And how will that increase the value? Can you explain just how you've projected that? Uh, it's going to be, so both of this deal, we are buying it almost at 52 or 5.3% cap rate or maybe 5.5% cap rate. So after Performa, it's going to be almost 75 to 8% cap rate after we stabilize and rehabbed and all that, right? So that's almost a 2-3% spread between buying and uh, Proforma, which is, it can be, you know, it depends on the value of the property. You know, it can be like $5 million to $10 million increase after we, um, not not $10 million, maybe 5 to 7 to $8 million increase after we stabilize it, right? So, uh, but there's a lot of work to be done, right? There's a right. lot of... Uh, operation efficiency that we want to do a lot of you know management of rehab that we need to do um of course we're assuming the rent keeps on increasing as per the economy as, as what it has been right so um yeah that's the overall plan for these two properties and where are you at in the process right now of rehab and how's that going any any problems arise no, well, there's always problem arise, right? So <laughs> right. the 150 units is less problematic. We our our occupancy has been averaging, you know, 93 to 95 percent. We had we had issues in the beginning when we take over. We always had issues, right? Because uh, you know we expect certain level of property management, um, and the previous guy is always uh, is always subpar with what we what we look at, right? Mm. Um, so we always like to improve the lease. We like to improve the Rob's collection, uh, we like to improve the, uh, we start doing the rehab. So, and also the management's new, the tenants are new to this management. There's a lot of issues in the beginning, but we are past uh, that aspect. Uh, on the bigger 309 units, uh, we have started exterior rehab now, uh, which is going pretty good. Uh, interior rehab has started like, you know, after one month we closed, we started doing exterior rehab. So the occupancy is like 90 to 91% right now on that deal. And, uh, we do expect after we take over, it always goes down. It was at 90, 91, and it went down slightly to 88, 89. I think, I think for the next six months, it's going to be hovering around that eight, that range, like 88 to 91. 
but that's okay because we are like hey, you know we are like taking over it's a new it's yeah. a new management and you know the 309 units was very surprising because this is one of the biggest property management company and well all the property we buy is from the one of the biggest property management company and uh, this the big property that we bought uh, when you look at online reviews everything is nice you know you get like four and a half star four star and all that but later we found out actually the property management faked it right wow. so <laughs> yeah they go and have all their staffs go and put reviews right so and we found out that the the residents whenever they come into that property uh they they get they sign their lease first and then they are shown the unit so 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 like a lot of times when they go in into the unit they are not happy because the units are not ready and carpet's not so it's like you show them the model and then they sign the lease and after 2 weeks they come they say they want to see the unit they still don't get to see the unit they say it's not ready and on the day they move in they sign the lease and then they go and see the unit right so wow so you know you, you know you people do that in the industry right and when we come in we, so the the management company was uh, they were um they were doing uh, doing the reviews and stuff on their own or or are doing that you're talking about the reviews online that made the property look a lot better than it actually was or actually the documents when they were going to sell the property no i think it's more on the reviews right so okay. the documents you really can't see anything i mean yeah you look at the lease what can you say right i mean you're not right. talking to the, to the tenants right so so we have learned some things uh, on that part is like when you look at review you know you can see good reviews and if you don't see a lot of write ups that means you know there's no and you can see some of the names there you can see the president of the company writing a review with five star right well <laughs> and then there's another tenant coming and say hey, the person who did the review is actually president so it's a bit embarrassing for them but uh, but we we are okay because we have taken over properties and we see this kind of issues right but it's a bit surprising that there were a lot of dissatisfied tenants in that property because because of the they were never shown that units before they move in and when they move in they see this is broken that is broken is an old carpet versus what they saw in the model right so so it's a good learning experience from us so we are trying to turn that perception uh, around we're saying that we are coming and doing so a lot of people are now very happy that uh, we are doing what we said we want to do um, uh, but turning around that perception that bitterness in taste for them some people are just not happy i say i'm 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 done with the previous management even though you guys are good done so we we are, we are getting backlash on that but but it's okay it's, it has stabilized nowadays now with after you know four to five months because we have started showing them how good is our management and every tenant comes in we said go and see the unit first before signing in the lease yeah and even people call from like you know um somewhere further they said oh we want a lease without seeing it they said no our policy is you always have to see the units before lease because there's a lot of problems once they come in and that's where the big dissatisfaction come in so that has been always our policy across all my portfolio we want to make sure that everybody see the unit before they move in um but what i want to highlight is you know uh, the big property management company which we usually buy our deals from um because they're so big it's hard for them to manage all of it correctly and i know some people you know uh think that professional management company are professionals but not all of them it depends on who you put in that property right i mean i can't generalize any property management company because it depends on who's the one that managing the property as well right so uh just be careful um that's why we choose to do our own property management company wow 
Okay. So, so you have your own, so you're not just managing a management company. You actually have your own management company and employees who are on site. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Because I don't believe that you give it to third party guys and they're going to, they're going to do everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you still have to be there. You still have to manage them. You still have to look at everyday profit and loss and you have to ask them what is happening. Why not this? Why not that? Even though you give it to third party management, right? So, and, and this is my experience from people who are doing very well, even though they have a third party, they say, oh, we still have to be the regional for that property. So, so you have to be an operator. You can't be just an asset manager and split that function. It's just not going to work. It may work in a very strong market because the tenant base itself, the market itself is carrying you up, but you're losing at least two, 3% of income just because of uh, you're giving it to third party property management. How did you sell that to investors when you first got started as far as you were managing your own deals? You know, oh, now- they, are, they are happy. Yeah. They love people who manage their own deals because now you can't blame the third party people, right? Right. But even <laughs> yeah, so so even like your first multifamily syndication, were uh-huh. investor were investors okay with you all managing when it was your first deal? Yeah, they love it because they know you control the whole pipeline, right? So I mean it depends on the person, right? If you have right. the skill, not everybody has a property management skill. It's a, it's a different completely different skill, right? You need to have that HR skill, you need to have people management skill and all that. Um like for me, my I'm lucky because my wife is she has that skill. I have the analysis and acquisition skill, right? Finding deals and acquiring the whereas she has property management and rehab. And as I said, not everybody can do it. Uh, it's going to be maybe less than five percent really good property management companies. So you have to find them and you know get them to manage your property. James, what would you tell somebody who has? Let's say you know our listener has a couple single-family homes, but they're wanting to get into multifamily syndication. What would your advice for them be? Uh, if they like single-family home, they are happy and they should continue doing it. Uh, but I would say that try to, especially people who have like eighty to hundred thousand equity. I know they are happy that this is the value of the property and they're doing very well and all that, right? But I think uh, that's a dead equity. Um, you can use that equity to build either buy more single family. That's what I did. I buy like five and then I refi. I took that money out and buy another six, right? So take that and you get more, you, you buy more deals, right? So I had like 11 single family houses with five, uh, five of their down payment or cash out that I did. Uh, but if they want to scale up, uh, I would say take that equity and start building, buying multifamily. Um, and even as I said that, not everybody want to do syndication, right? So, but if they can buy something on their own, uh, then they should just go and do buy some small uh, five units or eight units. Just go commercial and start from there so that you can learn how to do the commercial multifamily. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Uh, mindset. Mindset. Yeah. If you think there's no deal out there, you're absolutely right. At the same time, <laughs> at the same time if you think... There's deal out there. You're absolutely right. If you think you're not ready for multifamily, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Just continue doing what you can. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. That's great. Yeah. If you think you can't do it, just don't do it because yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> What's the top reason uh, most real estate syndicators fail? Uh, thinking that someone else will uh, help them uh, get the returns that they're supposed to get uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I would say that you have to be really good at really good as an operator, right? As a syndicator, you have to be a good operator. So, 
some people just want to be an asset manager right asset manager means you just raise the money you buy the deal and you hope you forget about it and everything runs fine as i said in a high tide market in a high tide uh, economy that probably has worked uh but it's not going to work when you know when you get a when you get a muddle on the water right uh, when something goes wrong you are like hey, now i need to depend on this property management guys and if you ask some people you know during the economy downturn the property management guys become very very valuable the good ones right they may charge you more and you got no choice right so right uh, know the real operation of the deal uh that's the most important i mean don't assume that you can just raise money and get rich thank you so much james you've provided some great value today and and tell mm-hmm. us tell the listener how to, they can contact you or learn more about your business yeah contact me just go to my website is achieve investment group like achieving a goal a c h i e v e achieve investment group.com uh my email is james at achieve investment group.com and i have a lot of tons of free webinars um recently i did a, a tax a multifamily tax benefit webinar you know all this and uh, i have asset protection webinar which i i bring in all experts to come in and talk to my investors because i want all my investors to be educated right so once they educated it's going to be less headache for me right uh, it's easy for me to talk to them on the same lingo right uh, i have a uh, you know legal documents webinar which i bring a lawyers to come in and talk. and these are all experts right uh, and all these courses is even i don't think so even you you pay 20 30000 into a investment club or investment group uh, i don't think so you'll get the same knowledge because you're getting directly from the expert directly themselves right and if you see a lot of education uh, um materials you know it's done by either the person who's teaching it which is not really an expert i mean you can do a lot of sales in the front but the 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 devil is in the details right which will mm. be given by the expert right so uh yeah go and look there's tons of free um um resources in my website and it's all free go and see it and you can contact uh with me through my website great thank you james i know i'll go on there and look those webinars and videos up myself and i hope the listeners will also do that uh-huh. and uh, thank you all for joining us today and and we will talk to you tomorrow thank you james thank you Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.